Hi, it's Thursday night. <clears throat> One more to go. And that will be the Tefillah podcast for this week, which as always is sponsored by Mishpacha Stefanski, uh, for which we're always grateful. And I thought this week, since the Parsha Pekude, I'd share with you a piece. I don't know if you notice this in the Parsha. And uh has to do with various versions of the history of prayers. We have certain things, especially... You know, uh, Olenu and uh, Bakshamar and Yishtabach, I've spoken about a little bit here and there. And historians of liturgy will discover different times and places they think this came from. Uh, and there are Jewish stories and um, different Mesorahs about them. I repeat, different Mesorahs about them. And obviously, they would affect of how you would relate to this particular tefillah. Now, in the case we're talking about in Parsha Pekude, it's very interesting at the beginning of the parsha, one of these Dazakane and Balatoisvis, you know what that is. One of the in the in the Mikras Kadolas. Dazakane and Balatoisvis. And it's based on what I talked about last night, which is that Moshe Rabbeinu was suspected of stealing. And that's why he did Pakude. Well, you don't have to exactly learn it that way precisely, but something like that definitely popped up. Because that's the trouble. There was a discrepancy until the discrepancy was settled. So the way it goes, and again, I'm just reading from the Medrash over here, um, Medrash Rabbah in Pekude. One way of learning it is to say, Whatever was done was done in Moshe's Pekude. He's like general contractor. But Moshe handed over to the contractors. But then, that means that basically Moshe gave out the materials to all the, can I use the word subcontractors? And he didn't ask for an accounting. When it's all over, he did. Once it was all over, no, let's put it this way. <clears throat> Moshe was a very good, uh, according to this, uh, executive. He knew how to delegate and did not interfere and micromanage the people to whom he's delegated. And so he gave out to whoever gave out. <clears throat> However, once it's all over, Let's make a cheshman. And that's the Bukudi HaMishkan. Let's go over what was spent. Now comes the famous story in the Medish Rab, and the Medish Tanchuma. This is a chazal, not me. You know this. While he was sitting and doing his cheshmans, there was a discrepancy. <laughs> there was a discrepancy of 1775 silver shekels. Okay? And not the gold, yeah, the silver. So, um, no, it could be the, no, but Kesev, yeah. Anyhow, so, um, the things like this. Uh, I'm not a, uh, I could Google right now. You could do it too. Go online. What's 89 pounds of silver these days? But, you know, how much that worth? But whatever it is, it was a certain discrepancy. And, um, he got scared. Uh, he went into a certain bit me, a shock, or disappointment. Let's put it this way. 
extremely embarrassing Moshe Rabbeinu standing in front of Klal Yisrael. Just imagine yourself, and you're giving an account in the presence of Bani Shalom, and there's a discrepancy. Achshav Yisrael Motzin Yudeim Lamer. Now people will find Motzin Yudeim. They'll be able to find an excuse, meaning they'll be able, those who are looking against me, because he had his critics, like we said yesterday, all those hawkers. And now Motzi Yadayim, now they'll find their hands, meaning now they'll have some proof or something like this. And they'll say Moshe Natal, Moshe took the money. That's where the discrepancy is. Me also. So there's two versions that I know about this. One is like this. What happened? What did he do in that case? No, here's Moshe Rabbeinu sitting there in extreme embarrassment. Hey, Rakadish Brooklyn, overall, so assume blah blah blah. Which means God enlightened his eyes, meaning all of a sudden, ding, it went off in his head, meaning Hashem put it there, that he remembered what it was used for. It wasn't a discrepancy. He used them. Okay? He used it for vavim, for a socket, for things to hold the sockets in. Or the the the, the things you stick it in the at the bottom of the of the of the wooden things. So they're the vavim, like a vav. You know, like a receptacle. So he was able to 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 do this. Now I saw the Kliyuk or somebody yesterday says that the language sounds like Hashem said it. Here it sounds like Moshe said it, but it was Hashem said it. In which case a Baskol came out and said, So he had divine confirmation. So the Medrash goes on to say, so then the whole Klai Yisrael was nispayis. They had appeasement, meaning then they were satisfied and nobody could say anything against the um, financial rectitude of Moshe. Because he took the trouble to do so. Moshe, you know, Moshe didn't say, you don't trust me, heck with you. That's not what he did. Now what does this have to do with dominating? So there's, in the beginning of Parsha it says, and you know, this Das Kane and Balitosis represents... Ashkenazic stuff from the period of Balitosis, more or less. And, you know, it was put together later. And that's an interesting time in which you'll find in Daskane Balitosis all kinds of material. It's the, I'm used to the one on the suicide in Parsha Noach, but there's a lot of very interesting material. In this week's Parsha, it says, by Pakudi, I'm just looking at Mikras Kedolis, in the article Mikras Kedolis, and it says, what shot, Mishkana Ejus. So one shot is, uh, that he didn't steal. I mean, our, our vort that we just said. About his rectitude. When people thought he was stealing money from the Mishkan, I want the Mishkan itself to be the Edus. That is to say, I guess I'll give a full accounting and I will show you that I can account for any penny that was dispersed. If you want to know what happened with this, look over here. That's how much we spent on the silver. This is what we spent on the copper, on the gold, whatever the case is. And I, and the Mishkan itself is the aidus to my rectitude. Now, so I can show you how every dollar that was dispersed, that was raised, was used in the project itself. Mishkan aidus. I'm reading from Daskin and Balatosis. <clears throat> And they went ahead and did the cheshman, and they found that it was for the vavim, like I said before, the receptacles for the uh, for the ombuds. Now the das kinevatos adds something very interesting. 
And they get this from reading in a certain way the famous Pusik in Bayakel, last week's Pasha, which says, The Malacha, the amount of stuff was Dayom, for die was enough. So, meaning it was, that is to say, wasn't excess. It was, everything was used right. Kach Rashi Tevis V'yalu so take count the first letter of the word hamlocha, the first letter of the word haisa, the first letter of the word dayam, it's a vav, <coughs> it's a hey and a dalad, comes out to fifteen. So it'll come that will count for the extra te- fifteen vavs apparently that Moshe forgot about. He didn't forget about you know this eighty eight pounds of silver didn't cover the whole Mishkan, but it was fifteen vavs that he forgot about, and then was was rescued by divine intervention or divine reminding at the last minute. So Moshe basically <clears throat> was like this, according to this story. Moshe was giving his account. There was a discrepancy. He freaked out. I mean, he freaked out. And he was in a tremendous tsar. Okay? And then when he discerned, oh, I forgot about the 15 Vovin, then it flipped and he was in tremendous simcha. You can just imagine somebody's giving a public accounting, especially Moshe, and he forgot, and then he recovers. <clears throat> and so the integrity is restored, and all is well. So notice what I'm trying to say about this. It represents a story of extreme emotion, a tremendous downer, and then a tremendous upper. Okay? So then he goes on to say, Umayyad, Nosan Moshe, Tesvav, Shvachos, so this story, which is in Daskin Balatosis, says that, on, that this account that I just said put Moshe on such a high, the recovery when his when his integrity was restored publicly, it put him on such a high, he basically said like this, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Like some people will say, when something real good happens to them, or they escape some negative thing, a person is leaving a little bit from will say, yes, thank you very much, Shalom. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Not reading till I'm diving. You're just saying what's like a breast lover, you know? Thank you. I really appreciate what you just did for me. I am really happy about this. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was a genuine prayer. You get it? It comes from the Kishkas. It was a genuine prayer. And he basically said, you know, paraphrasing, basically says, Oh Lord, thank you, 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 thank you. That's nine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's 15 times. Okay? Uh, now, that's according to this tradition, and all it is is a tradition, but it's a tradition from Tosavus, so it's something to take into judgment. According to this tradition, Tesvah Shvacha, the Kaddish Bukha, the Heim be Yishtabach Shir Shvacha. And those are the 15 things in Yishtabach. So in other words, now remember, uh, the Tosavus is Ashkenaz. No, it's Ashkenaz. So, if you look at uh, in Yishtabach, it's Kilachon no Hashem Elkein, etc. Shirosh Bacha, that's two. Halav Zimra, that's four. Ozim Emshal, that's six. Netzach Gedula is eight. Ugvur Tehila is ten. V'tiferes Kedusha is twelve. Umalchus is thirteen. Brachas Vahodos comes out to fifteen. You think you can you can count it too? Uh, so what he's trying to say is like this. It's a beautiful. It's a nice word. He's saying when Moshe saw this, 
and was so relieved at being spared this embarrassment and having his personal integrity now confirmed publicly, he said, Rabbi Shalom, I have to say to you, I have to say, because Moshe didn't simply say, like some dummy, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Not that I'm making fun of it, I shouldn't do that, because the breast of it would say like this, if that's how the person talks, that's how the person talks. But Moshe Rabbeinu was more educated than that, and so he said, I guess, I am so grateful to what you just did to me, Rabbi Shalom, I offer you Shir Shvachah, I offer you Halel Vizimro, I offer you Ozim Emshala, I offer you Netzah, Gedul, Gvur, Tehil, Vizir, Kudush, Amachus, Brochus, Vahodos. Okay? And maybe, if you want to be, you know, a very deep type of person, each might represent not just a word he said, but a whole mahalach. Because sheer is a particular way of relating to God. Those who are, if sheer means music, we all understand that music is a way of relating to Hashem, praising Hashem through music. Oh, that's the Karlbach business, right? Um, Shvacha is praise. Some people are like that. They're into the praise. Some is Halil. Some is Zimra. So you see, Shir would be poetry and Zimra would be song. Some would be Oz. So you see, it's not just the word he said. It was the whole Mahalach HaMachshava that he said. Oz, which is you think about God's power and that turns you on. Memshala, same idea. You know, slightly different, of course. Alpina Malbim. Netzach, Gedula. One way of a person relating to God is thinking about the gedul aspect, which is he's so much bigger than me. Gavura. One another way is Tehila. Another way is Teferis. And so forth and so on. Okay? Ending up in Brochus Vodos. So it's not simply, at least this is my understanding of this Mesorah, of this Dotsky and Balitosis. It's not simply that it's those words. It reflects, I mean, let's put it this way. You and I are just regular people, so we just say the words every day. But if there's something deep in it, like a Moshe Rabbeinu of all people, each one would represent a certain way of relating to Hashem. And this seems to have covered covered the gamut. Why 15? I don't know. I'm not a Mekobol. But there's something about the 15. I'll tell you what I mean when I say something about the 15. Uh, because it goes on to say the following. It says, it's very interesting. You take a look at it yourself. It's like the first uh, Das Kingdom, maybe the only one in the partial program. Right now. I just saw it. It says, "Umiyad Nosan Moshe Tes Vav Shvachas Hakadosh Baruch Hu Vehem Biyistabach Shir Shvacha Ukenegdon Tes Vav Baruch Baruch Shamar." You know, Baruch Shamar Lo Baruch Hu Baruch Osip Omer Reosa and so forth. Ukenegdon Tes Vav Vam Beemis Biyatsa Vinoch Vakai Viyasho and all the rest of it. So when you have these places where you praise God, it comes in fifteens, and. The reason, I'll peep shot level, is the original praise of God was 15. Now, what about Oz Yashar? I was thinking about that. But that was a cholesterol type thing. I mean, that's good too. But here, when you come in personal uh, rescue, like Moshe's uh, embarrassment was rescued, so just, you know, naturally, you know, he just, re- he said, I got to relate to you, Hashem, in Oz and Mimshol, and that's a gadul of words, you or if you prefer, I gotta relate to you, Bark Shamar Vayolam, Barku, Barkham Rabracious, or if you prefer, Vyatza Vinak Makan be you know uh Toby Yafa does anyway. Rabbi Hertzberg, who was the rabbi in the show before me many years ago, the big uh, rov, he had a big 
Hasidic sense of humor. And there's some guy, I heard this story from somebody, uh, Mr. Sykes, some guy named Yafi was complaining about something, and he said, Yafi is 15 words away from Emmis. <laughs> no, he's a liar. And of course, what he meant was, so, you know, he knew right away it's 15. You get it? Um, there's something about this 15 business. And um, that means, as I understand it, now this, uh, there, there are other explanations, and I did this once about how Gishtabach came there. You can look in the Buddha and so forth. But this is this one, which is the Ashkenazic one of, the I guess, the 12th century, if you're looking at the Ashkenazic and Balitosis. They had their take on it. And we, Rashkenazi, would be, you know, interested in this, I would say. Those who are listening. And what that would mean is the following. We have Pesuket de Zimra. The idea behind Pesuket de Zimra is to get on a high. It's not simply to recite the praises of God. It's to get on a high. Now, I realize, in my shows, shakras, people get it to work, and this and that, and the other, and we already get used to, including myself, to zoom through it. That's a fact, you know. The Hasidim are better at this, especially in Shabbos, they go slow on the Pesukah de Zimra. They go fast on the other part, but they go slow on the Pesukah de Zimra, and, and more power to them. But the idea is, you, you're supposed to get into a certain high. Uh, it's a way of, of relating to Rabbanu Shalom. And then when you get to the, you know, the main part, which is the Krishna and the Shemineser, you're already hopefully on a high. From saying all the Halukas and this and that and the other, all the Tehillims. Okay? But as you know, the Ishtabach is not from the Telem. And so what it most is supposed to be is like this. You come to, to Shoal. Now I'm following the model of the Nesagashkenaz that you're talking about in the um, in the Daskin and Balatos over here. So after you do the Karbonus, I approach the Lord and I say 15 Baruch Shamars. You, you see where I'm going with this? And each one I think about, okay? Each one I think about it's a Baruch Shem Baruch, you know, uh, and you concentrate on that, and that's a certain way of relating to God. As Sha'amar Bahaya Olam, you know, that he that he created the world with, with, with words. I can't do that, but he can do that, you know. Baruch Osa Bracious, that's another way of saying Baruch Omer Biosa, Baruch Gozer Makayim, Baruch Machamal Arts, and so on and so forth. Then you recite this to Hillams, and then you get into the Ishtabach. And then you use the 15 adjectives that Moshe Rabbeinu used when he was on a tremendous high. And you try to imagine and remember, according to this, the story of Moshe, which was a story, as I said before, of an extreme low followed by an extreme high. And then you try to, you know, imitate that in your life. That doesn't mean you have to go through a financial rectitude test, but you understand that you can feel how Moshe was happy. That's what it means when this happened. And I should try to relate that in my life. Am I happy with what Hashem has given me or saved me from trouble or this and that and the other? And that's everybody on his own. He or she is on your own. To relate to Hashem and say, what do I have to praise you for? In my life, not in general, you know. In my life, Moshe didn't simply say, because he's just trying to be a poet. You understand? Moshe was saying because of a very specific case popped up and he was in a in a tight bind. And I'll tell you again, for him to be exposed, let's put it this way. Shame 
And public humiliation is a terrible business. Um, we say, uh, Shame is a public business. The Rambam famously says, speaking philosophically, I remember in the Hakdamana Perkelech, I believe, that, you know, there's no heaven or hell in the sense of a physical place. But there is a heaven or hell in the sense of reward and punishment of some kind or another. And to say it's goofy, it's physical, is ridiculous. So LMI, it's something that's not physical, but nevertheless, so then, let me, let me rephrase that. If it's not physical, if it's spiritual, so the Rambam says something along the lines, then you and I can't hop it because we're physical. We're bound by physicality. We can, we can sort of, you know, intellectually comprehend what I just said before, there's a place of reward and a place of punishment. Not that there's a place in the sense of actual physical place, but, you know, there exists a reality. Maybe I can use that term. A reality of, of reward and a reality of punishment. You can call one heaven or call hell. And it is a thing, but it, it, it won't. it's not something on the goof. So notice the wicked don't really burn. You get it? Because fire is a physical thing, etc. Ramban is, Ramban, not the Rambam, Nachman, he says weird things on that subject. But I don't want to get in that now in the Shargamol. But you go, the Rambam makes more sense, at least to me. And uh, the Rambam goes on to say and make the following point. Even though you and I, being physical, cannot comprehend the spiritual, the metaphysical, but a little bit we can. And he says over there, you know what public shame and humiliation is like, or the other round, tremendous honor and covet. is unbelievable high when you win the prize that everybody else wanted, and there's an un- unbelievable pain or embarrassment when you get publicly exposed for the thing that you don't want anybody to know. Everybody in the world has secrets they don't want anybody to know about themselves. True? If you don't agree with that, you're a liar, probably. I mean, the Echad Mini lives a completely transparent life. Everybody has certain things. That's the way it goes. Davening is where you talk to God about it. You know, God sees everything, but nobody else does. Hopefully. So the worst thing you want to do is be exposed that people should find out your dirty linen. What do you say in Rosh Hashanah? Or something like that. No, don't expose me. You get it? And the Rambam says people will um, what's the word? People undergo many great dangers in order to get the covered and People, so they'll, they'll risk the physical stuff in order to get the covered. And many people would rather die than be publicly shamed and, and have unbearable humiliation. We just saw this with Chaim Walder. That's much what happened. Couldn't take it. And say, so checked out. The humiliation was too much. Say, so checked out. Nobody's going to do anything physical to him. I'll say it again. Nobody's going to do anything physical. The most could happen to him is a jail sentence or something. The most. You can't do anything physical. But the shame was just too much, you know? So, which I get it. So here, when you get the Ishtabach, you have the opposite. You have the rescue of the shame. Right? Imagine if Walter had something that could totally vindicate, which didn't happen, which would totally vindicate him. And so everybody said, oh, we were sorry, we were wrong. What an unbelievable high. So when you say every day, um, Ishtabach, and some of these other things, but mainly the, the, the Azkain was talking about Ishtabach, and you get to the part of Shir Shvach, Allah, Ozma, Shalom, that's a Gedul, which they say you're supposed to say in one breath. 
Perhaps Moshe Rabbeinu said in one breath, I don't know, because it was just an effulgence, you know. He was just emotionally, you know, full of relief. So he was spared this humiliation. I think everybody, when you daven every day, you pray for a life that's spared humiliation. Uh, like I said before, one thing you don't want is everybody else should know your business. It's it's bad enough Hashem knows everything. You know, and all the rest of it. There are no secrets out there. But you don't want everybody else around you and the people you, whose opinions you care about to know this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, Lahavdal, it, it, you, you want to stop, Putin, you want to drive Putin crazy and launch World War Three? Start talking about his private life and put it out there in public to humiliate him. He'll freak out and press the button. He'll say, heck with it, I'll take the world down because I'm not going to undergo this humiliation. That's, that's how people are. Okay? Which America's not done yet. Now, that means that the whole experience of the Sukkot Zimra is an intensely psychological one, if it's done right. You start with the 15 Bar Shamars, but on the other hand, that's just the beginning of the process. So I guess you're saying, I'm going to relate to God in 15 ways. And then you do, um, you do the, what do you call it, the, the uh, you know, the uh, actual Tehillims. And then you end with Yishtabach, in which you do the 15, now that you've been high on the Tehillims. One second. Yeah, here we go. Uh, now I'm going to tell you, l listen to this. This idea became concretized by David and Melch in his particular way, which is the Shiramals, because there are 15 of them also. There are 15 steps in the base of English. I get that, and that's true. And Shiramals can be understood as the, the, the song that you sing on the steps, and that is correct. But it's also true, without being too fluffy about it, Sher Hamalas, Mila, Madregas, Levels. And so there's, there are 15 songs for different Madregas, for different levels. This Sher Hamalas, that Sher Hamalas, and all the rest of it. And once again, that reflects a kind of a spiritual high that reaches, I suppose, its crescendo in the, in the last Sher Hamalas, in the highest step. Uh, and so I'm simply calling your attention to the number 15. Not me, but the Parsha is, the Dasky and Bantosas. I'm calling your attention to it in Baruch Shamar, particularly in Yishtabach, because I don't think they mean, as I read the Dasky and Balitosas, I don't mean, I don't think he means that, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Embassy Yatsi Benochman I think he means just the ones in Yishtabach. But that they made the ones in the Baruch Shamar. Obviously, Kenegadat, David Amalek made 15 Shir Hamalos. You get to this Mila, and then this Mila, and then another Madrega, and another Madrega. And uh, there's something heavy about this this process of 15. So I'm simply suggesting the next time, tomorrow morning, when you say Yishtabach, one of these things, notice what I just said. You can look this up yourself in the Dazkin Balitosis. Think about Moshe Rabbeinu's situation, and then relate it however you do, to your own life, your own situation, your own family situation, and see whether or not your davening is enhanced as a result of being aware of this particular historical tradition for the 15 uh, praises, adjectives, praises that you find in these different prayers. Anyway, it's a, relating a, a, a thought, which certainly comes from Parsha Pekude. As you know, 
today's Rosh Chodesh Adar, Mishnah Kuzan, Ram, Simcha, and so forth. So it's actually a good time. You you can approach this in a Simcha dig away, uh, depending on your personality. And it doesn't become a matter of awe, but a matter of of just a, a, a Simcha dig. Uh, I think it's food for thought. Hopefully, this will be something you'll be discussing on your way to and from Shul this Shabbos. Once again, I want to thank Mishpachas Stavansky as always. And with that, I bid you all a good week, a good Shabbos.